to do is take your Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter number 6. And verse number 12. Turn all, all the, let's all turn to Proverbs chapter 6. This evening, we're going to be, I'm going to be preaching on the topic of discord. And so tonight's, tonight's message is a little bit different than I feel like how I normally preach. Normally, I try to, uh, or the work, you know, obviously, leads me in a, in a different direction than I, the way that he's leading me tonight. Tonight is, I, I feel as if as I'm looking at my, my message, is that it's more of a Sunday school type style in the terms of we're teaching, but there's a point I'm going to be trying to drive home the whole service tonight. And so I want us to look at the Bible, what the Bible has to say about this topic of discord, how it's very, there's nothing more hurt, that can, that's more damaging to a church than this, than this topic that we're going to be discussing tonight, which is discord, disunity, uh, um, strife in a church. And so I'm going to spend a few minutes giving the definition, talking what the Bible has to say, and Lord willing, I want us to come home. Tonight's message is, I want it to be encouraging, right? Always trying to be encouraging. But it's also a warning to us as a church. Especially as a church that I feel as if it's growing. We're seeing people saved, baptized, members, more members, children. And God's doing a great work here. And what that's awesome, right? So what does the Lord try to do? I mean, what does the devil like to do in return is do something to cause discord, he likes to, to cause division in the church. And there's been many a church split because um, whether that's the pastor himself or the pastor's family or church members have caused discord in the church and that has ruined many, many a church. I know of a church that a friend of my roommate in college is that he went to a church to be the, not the youth pastor, but more like assistant youth pastor, just rounds man. And he had just got in there while that church, which was a massive church, which was about, I think, 500, 600 people, great, great ministry, God was really working, and then there was just a few people that decided to cause discord. The church was cut more than in half, went out into the community, started their own church. That church had a church split, and that, then they started another church. That church had a church split, and so church splits are a dangerous thing. Disunity is a very dangerous thing. The devil loves to do that. So I want us to talk about tonight about this topic of sowing discord. Proverbs chapter 6 in your Bibles and verse number 12. The Bible says, A naughty person, a wicked man, walketh with a forward mouth. He winketh with his eyes. He speaketh with his feet. He teacheth with his fingers. Forwardness is in his heart. He deviseth mischief. Continually he soweth discord. Therefore shall his calamity come suddenly. Suddenly shall he be broken without remedy. These six things of the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, uh, and hands that shed innocent blood, and a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies. And notice this last part, verse number 19. And he that, that soweth discord among the brethren. Let's go ahead and go to God in prayer tonight. Father, we love you. We thank you, Father, for the word of God. Lord, we thank you that how it touches our hearts. I thank you for how practical it is in the year 2023. 
And God, first of all, Lord, I pray that, that you would cleanse me of sin. I pray that there's nothing between you and I as I preach this sermon. God, I pray that you give me the words to say. Lord, help me to speak clearly. Guide my words, my, the direction I'm trying to go in tonight. God, I pray that you help our church. Lord, I thank you, Father, for the great unity that we have right now. Lord, I pray that we would put a hedge of protection around us, Father, that the devil would not come in and to cause disunity or help our church to grow and ultimately, Father, that we could see more souls saved because of it. Help our church, help this service, Lord. Bless each member here, Lord. We love you. Praise the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's go ahead, and I'm going to give you guys the, the definition of discord. If you, uh, the dictionary definition, uh, the lexicon would, be, would say to, that discord means strife or contention. The dictionary definition is a lack of concord or harmony between persons or things, such as a marital discord, disagreement, difference of opinion, strife, dispute, war. Also music, an inharmonious combination of musical tones sounded together, any confused or harsh noise. That is what discord is. So if I were to come over to the piano, and I'm not a pianist by any stretch of the imagination, so if I were to come over here, and I, if I were to say, you know what, I'm going to play a hymn tonight, and it's going to be wonderful, and this is how it sounds, but I just call it discord. I play uh, notes that we're not supposed to be together. Now, you know, my wife and Miss Brianna and all those other play, they never make mistakes, and so we never get to hear discord on the piano, praise the Lord, but with me... That's, if I played a special, the whole thing would just be one gigantic discord. And so that is the, def that is the dictionary definition of what discord is when there's uh, inharmonious combination. As a church, we are supposed to have harmony, right? We're all supposed to have one common goal as a church that ultimately to bring all glory to God the Father and to praise him, to see souls saved, to reach out to all the nations and to see... Uh, many souls saved through faith giving and all that good stuff and, and that there's something that's happening within the church and I'm going to get to this that aspect, the main thing is going to be diminished because we're too busy on strife a synonym for discord is variance that means to cut into two parts cleave asunder, sever now, why does that word variance sound familiar to you? It's because in Galatians chapter 5, verse number 19, the Bible says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, and then envying, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of these, which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So one of the works of the flesh that Paul lists for us in the New Testament is variance. So here in Proverbs chapter 6, which you're all open to, the Bible uses the word soweth discord. In the New Testament, Paul uses the word variance, which is practically the same thing. That means to cut into two parts. And then what's another? The, a house divided against itself cannot stand. And Abraham Lincoln, many years ago, made that verse very popular when he mentioned that. So similar, uh, similar words th that are used in the passage in Galatians chapter 5, which is emulations. That means excitement of mind, adore, 
uh, fervor of spirit, zeal, uh, embracing, pursuing, def- uh, defending anything, zeal in behalf for a person or a thing, the fierceness of indignation. There's also the word strife, which is used in that passage, which means to put one's desire above everything else. Then there's seditions that's also used, which means division. So what does that tell us as a church? That God does not take pleasure in division. God does not take pleasure in something that's unharmonious, something that's cut in half, something that should be molded together is what God's purpose was for the church. And now if you look in the New Testament, Paul wrote all those letters, and practically every one besides the church of Philippi, there was major issues happening in those churches. And that's why Paul, especially if you look at the church of Corinth and all the many problems that church, uh, that, that church had, and Paul had to write two letters to that church because it was so bad what was happening there. Why there was discord. There was things happening in the church that should not have been happening, and God directed Paul to write a letter to them to, to, to correct them. Why? Because discord does happen. Discord will happen. And so we looked at the definition of discord the description of discord, if, you, if you're still in Proverbs chapter 6, the Bible paints a pretty detailed picture of the kind of person that sows discord. So there's always, you, look, you try to find the root of everything, right? Where does this start? How does discord start? Well, Proverbs chapter 6, verse number 12, the Bible tells us what kind of person sows discord. So Proverbs 6, verse 12 says, a naughty person, a wicked man, walketh with a forward mouth. Verse 13, he winketh with his eyes. He speaketh with his feet. He teacheth with his fingers. Forwardness is in his heart. He deviseth mischief continually. He soweth discord. So let's look at these people. Verse number 12 says, a naughty person. That means a destructive, worthless Good for nothing, base fellow, or ruin. That's the definition of what that verse is for a naughty person. It practically means a worthless person. A person that has nothing going for them in life, that has no motivation to serve God, to put the things of God first, that that person is going to be destructive. All they're trying to do is tear apart. Try to find the bottom of something and tear it apart. And that's what a naughty person does. And then also in verse number 12, it says, A wicked man. That simply means somebody who is wicked. Someone who is doing evil. That is causing trouble. That is causing sorrow. That's the kind of person. The Bible says, He winketh with his eyes. In verse number 13. In Proverbs 10.10, the Bible says, He that winketh with the eye causes sorrow. So this person, when the Bible says he winketh with his eyes, this is somebody who is causing others sorrow. Then the Bible says, speaketh with his feet and teacheth with his fingers. What does that mean? He's influential. So he may be a destructive individual. He may be a worthless individual. But you know what? He is influential. And that's important. Because an influential person can motivate other people to the same cause, right? Everyone wants to be a part of a cause. They want to be in something. They want to be a part of something. 
That's why they'll join Facebook groups or they'll find a social club or, or whatever that is. Somebody wants to be a part of something. And so this person is influential. They're not going to be destructive on their own. What's the fun in that? They're going to try to find others and be an influence to others to be destructive together. Then the Bible also says in verse 14, forward. That's mentioned twice. And that means uh, perversity and just speaking in general perverse things. Somebody who doesn't have a good, a good mouth. Someone who's speaking wickedly. Someone who's saying things that they ought not to be saying as a Christian. And so this is the kind of person that is sowing discord. The forwardness is in his mouth. If you look at verse number 12, it says, He walketh with a forward mouth. And then in verse number 14, the Bible says, Forwardness is in his heart. Keep your finger in Proverbs 6. Turn to Luke chapter 6. So keep your finger in Proverbs chapter 6. And turn to Luke chapter number 6 and verse number 45. Now, if it's in your mouth, it come, I mean, it, if it comes out of your heart, it has to start somewhere, right? And has the heart. Proverbs 6, verse 45 says, A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is good. However, look at this next part. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is evil. Notice this, for of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. So that which you, you don't just say things that come out of your mouth, and they just, they just come out. It has to start somewhere. What happens that it first dwells in your heart. You first think it, it gets to your heart, and eventually, nine times out of ten, it always comes out of your mouth. So when people say, well, I don't know why I said that, or I don't know how that came out of my mouth, or I, I don't know why I said that, the Bible says it comes from your heart. It was, it was already a preconceived thought, and you said it. And so that's why it's important to be, the Bible says, be swift to listen, or how does that go? Swift to hear, slow to speak. That's why we bring Ms. Valerie to church. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. And so that's why it's important, right, But when we take information in, that we just take a second and think about what we've heard before we like to speak and act against it. There, you know, as a as a Sunday school teacher, you know, I teach the adults and um, a lot of a lot of wise individuals in in my Sunday school class, and I'm very thankful for it. Sometimes I get asked questions, I don't know the answer. And so some people, though, they can just say, "Well, I'm going to make up an answer. I'm just going to pull something out of thin air and make it sound good." I learned a long time ago that it's better just to say. Yeah, let me think about it. Let me, let me do some studying, and I'll get back to you next week. Let me just dwell on this. As opposed to some people, I just talk right away. And, the, and it's a very dangerous thing to be very quick to talk, to just say everything that comes into our heart and to our mind. Why? Because the thoughts of our heart are evil continually. That's why we need a guard. We need to like put a filter right on what we say and make sure that what we're saying is godly. And so... This, a forward person is something that just speaks what's on, what they're saying. Like, whatever they think, they just speak it. And they're sowing discord 
when we're talking specifically about a church, but I'm sure a lot of you can give examples of people sowing discord in your workplace, in your own family, your friend group. There's people who sow discord all the time. So going back to Proverbs chapter 6, in verse number 14, it says, He deviseth mischief. And so what is that? That means to be simply bad, disagreeable, and unhappy or sad. And notice the Bible says there's forwardness in his heart, but then he deviseth mischief continually. He's constantly doing something bad. He's constantly disagreeing. He can't agree on anything. Everything he has to disagree with, argue, debate, and he's constantly unhappy and he's sad. That's the definition of this individual that starts discord in any scenario. So you may be thinking of somebody right now in your family, your friend group, at work, or whatever it is, and you know that this person has these qualities. Now, obviously, we should be looking at ourselves and say, do I have any of these qualities? Am I doing these things I shouldn't be doing? But that's the type of person that sows discord. Now, I'm going to use a big word, the dissemination of discord. Now, what does that mean? The spreading of discord. Discord spreads. It never stays in one place. Many years ago, we had a Harvest Sunday, we have pumpkins, right? And so uh, some, in the backyard here, somebody destroyed a pumpkin. And what, is that ha- what happens when you destroy a pumpkin? There's seeds in a pumpkin. And that seed fell into the ground. We thought absolutely nothing of it. Just the, the pumpkin just got destroyed. And so come the next year, do you know what's growing out of the ground? Pumpkins. We're getting pumpkins in our backyard of the church here. And you know what? Those seeds took root. They were unnoticeable at first. They sunk in. They, they, nobody even paid attention to them. But you know what? They grew and they become bigger. And next thing you know, we're having pumpkins in the backyard. So the Bible warns us of a person that uses discard. That it, the Bible uses the word soweth. He's sowing. This term is used for sowing seed. And so a person that sows discord does it the same way a sower sows a seed. So the seed is small, right? It looks insignificant. A seed is such a tiny little thing. I think it's remarkable that a seed just grows into what, you know, the fruit and the vegetables and the trees. I mean, it's just awesome, the God's nature, right? That little tiny seed. But, you know, discord starts off small. It's insignificant at first. But then the seed falls on a variety of different soils. Now, I am not a gardener. I told my wife, I told my in-laws this, that next year I will plant a garden. And next year I'm going to produce fruit and I'm going to be all in. It's going to be me and my son, we're going to go out there, we're going to be farmers together, all right? We'll see what happens. I'll let you know this time next year what happens. Hopefully I get around to it. I'm praying I do. But a seed, those of you who are gardeners, you know that different soil is better for different seeds, right? And so my mom's from the state of Georgia. Who knows what fruit is very popular in Georgia? Peaches. peaches. We had, um, at my company, we had a vendor send us a case of peaches. And my wife is, her mouth is watering out even just thinking about how delicious those peaches were. Now... Hopefully it doesn't start an argument, but I don't like peaches. It does nothing for me. But my wife loves peaches. And those peaches in Georgia 
tastes so much better than a peach in New Jersey. Why is that? The soil and the water, it all makes a difference. And so the seed of discord falls on different soils. It falls on different people. And so uh, eventually, that seed only needs a little bit of water and light to grow bigger. It only needs just a little bit of water, a little bit of sunshine for it to grow bigger. And it it grows. And so seeds can lie dominant for years before it fully grows into the thing that it's supposed to grow into. Sometimes it takes years. And like I said, I don't know gardening, but some of you who've gardened, you know that some plants just take extra amount of time than others to grow into what its its full potential is. You think of a tree. If you you were to plant this tree at one point in the backyard with its tiny little tree. Then it grew into the big, beautiful tree that it is today. Why? Because time. Time makes it grow. And so this seed can lie dormant for years. How does that apply to us? That seed hides in our heart for years. And eventually, it sprouts out. Then it eventually is going to grow. Turn your Bibles to Romans chapter number 15. There is a danger in discord. There is a danger of disunity. How so? Because, first of all, it disrupts the unity of the church. Mm-hmm. Romans chapter number 5, and verse, I mean, Romans chapter 15, and verse number 6, Romans 15, 6 says, that, that ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. What is that telling us? What is the purpose of the church there? Glorify God. Glorify God. If we're doing anything but glorifying God, then we have the wrong priorities in our church. The purpose of gospel is to bring all the honor, all the glory to Jesus Christ. We have special music. We have uh, instruments. We have all these type of stuff, uh, programs we're doing. What is the purpose of it all? It's not to lift ourselves up on high. It's not to make my name greater, your name greater. It's to make the name of Jesus Christ higher. Make the name of Jesus Christ be lifted. That the the whole world may see Jesus Christ through it all. And so the dangers of discord is that it does not bring glory to God. That's the first thing right off the bat. Discord does not bring unity and and does not glorify God. It does not. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 11. There's so many passages to turn into. I have a lot of different references. But 2 Corinthians chapter number 13, verse 11 says, Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Notice this. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace shall be with you. Don't turn there, but Philippians 1, verse 27 says, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Philippians 2, 2, Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. 1 Peter 3, 8, Finally, be ye all of one mind. Having compassion of one another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. So Paul 
likes, has a common theme of ending his letters in this phrase, be of one mind. Be together as a church. Grow together as a church. Turn to Acts chapter number 20. So the, the dangers of discord is that, first of all, it disrupts the unity of the church, and secondly, it, dif- it diminishes the focus of the pastor. Acts chapter number 20 and verse 28. The Bible says in Acts 20 verse 28, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over, that, over the which the Holy Ghost have made you overseers to feed the church of God, which hath purchased with his own blood. And then turn now, if you would, to... Uh, Verse number 29, the Bible says, For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own self shall men arise, speaking uh, perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and days with tears. So notice some key truths in this passage that first of all, Notice the phrase, it says, Of your own selves shall men arise. This discord is not going to happen from outsiders coming in. It starts from the inside. They will be from inside the church of God, inside the flock. It says, speaking preserve, uh, perverse things. That's the same word as forward that we saw in Proverbs chapter 6. And then the Bible says, in verse 30, about to draw away disciples after them. They want, people who, don't, people who sow discord, want to recruit others to their side, their team, their position, their philosophy, their doctrine, their religion, whatever it may be. That's why the importance of a pastor is to what? Protect the flock. Like, the, like a shepherd protects the sheep, from wolves, from lions, from bears, anything coming in and attacking the sheep and killing the sheep. A shepherd is there to protect. And a pastor is supposed to stand from the pulpit, not just preach, but protect the flock of God, the the men and the women of God, from people who are going to come into these doors and teach you false doctrine. Teach you something that's going to take you away from the Bible. And that's what the pastor's job is to protect. And so sometimes, right, a pastor will spend a long time just preaching simple, basic Bible doctrine. It may not be the most exciting sermon. It may not be uh, something that we're looking for. But why, is he, why does a pastor, well, why should a pastor put the importance on doctrine, on key fundamental facts of the Bible? It's that way it protects you when somebody teaches you false doctrine. You can say, oh, wait, that's, that's not the Bible. The Bible says this. Why are, you, why are you bringing this up? The pastor is there to protect. And so Paul's burden here in the book of Acts for three years was warning night and day. Notice verse 41. It says with tears. With tears. What does that tell you? With love. What is the pastor's job to do? Protect with love. How much time did he, that, how much time did he spend fighting discord and division? And Think about all the time that he, the Paul in the early church had to write letters and focus his ministry on just fighting discord and division. And, and how much more time could Paul have spent witnessing to others, maybe planting more churches or discipling new converts or preaching the word of God? 
but because discord was rampant in the churches, he had to go and stop it. So what does discord do for a pastor? Is that the pastor is supposed to take care of discord. And what does that take away from? Witnessing from the, the ministries of God, from preaching, from doing all that the pastor needs to do. So discord hurts not just you, but also hurts the pastor in return. And then turn to Mark chapter number six, Mark chapter number three in your Bibles. Mark chapter number three. Lastly, the dangers of discord is that it dampens the power of the ministry. I told you earlier about the verse. Mark chapter three, verse twenty-five. The Bible says, "And if a house be divided against itself, the house cannot stand." So what does what does discord do? It divides. And it dampens the power of the ministry. We're going to be focused on fixing the discord rather than preaching about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. It divides. So, a few things that we need to notice is that we looked at tonight the definition of discord, the description of discord, the dissemination, meaning the spreading of discord, the dangers of discord, and lastly, we're almost done, is the discarding of discord go back to Proverbs chapter 6 in your Bibles Proverbs chapter 6 and verse number 5 I mean Proverbs 6 verse 15 therefore shall his calamity come suddenly suddenly shall he be broken without remedy if it wasn't clear enough God says it again only stronger. Look at verse 16. These six things of the Lord hate you. Seven are an abomination to him. God hates discord. And the Bible says that the person who causes discord will suddenly be broken. And the, the strong warning that the Bible puts for us, without remedy. Without remedy. I mean, that person is continually going to be broken. To hate means to have enemies, full, full of hate. And then in verse 16, it talks about abomination. That's, that's a disgusting thing. That means to be uh, abominable. That means to, that, that it's something that, that is disgusting in the sight of God. And God looks at discord and says, that's disgusting. That's terrible. Turn now, if you're, if you're still in Proverbs, turn to chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18. And verse number 5 says, It is not good to accept the person of the wicked, to overthrow the righteous in judgment. Proverbs 18, verse 6. A fool's lips enter into contention, and his mouth calleth for strokes. A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. The words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down at the innermost parts of the belly. It is a terrible thing to be somebody who would cause discord. This is their punishment. Proverbs 13, verse 10 says, Only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Proverbs 22, 10. Turn there if you would. This will be the last passage I'll have you turn to. Proverbs 22, verse 10. This is what we as a church, Gospel Baptist Church in Carney, New Jersey, this is what we should do with somebody who causes discord. Proverbs 22, verse 10. Cast out the scorner. And contention shall go out. Yea, strife and reproach 
shall cease. So how do we get rid of discord? How do we stop it? Cast them out. Cast them out. As a pastor's son, I see a lot of what you know, my dad, Pastor Matt, does. And there has been times where we've had to cast people out. And say, you, you can't bring that doctrine in here. Or even your spirit that you're bringing to our church is not glorifying God. Is not helping. And it's one thing, right? A church is for helping people and helping people draw closer to Christ. A church isn't a place for perfect people. If, they, if that was the case, I would not be preaching right now. But it's the, it's the person with the mindset, I'm coming to Gospel Baptist Church, and I want to sow discord. <laughs> That's the person that we've got to say, no, you can't do that. That's not going to help our church grow. That's not going to help us bring glory to God. And so, as a church, we're, we're supposed to tolerate a lot of things, right? But one of them is not discord. And so, we have to say, no, you're not allowed to come to our church. And so, more men of God have been run off or have been um, over, oversown, have been overtaken in their ministry by discord than that of even false doctrine. So discord is a very dangerous thing tonight. And so what my purpose of tonight's message was it's to warn, right, to help us understand of this issue. But it's also as a reminder that we ourselves don't become this person. Then, and you think about it you know, ethically or what we should do as a church. And if there is a problem, it should be something that's discussed. One thing the devil loves to do is hide those things in your heart. Why he wants that seed to get in there and he wants it to eventually grow. That's what the devil wants. So when you notice that seed of discourse are being placed into your heart... It's something that should be discussed, talked about, and taken care of. I was talking to uh, the, the kids today in junior church about bitterness. We're going over different sins. And we talk, I gave them the illustration of a weed. And if you're a gardener, again, I'm using this def, um, illustration, but if you see a weed, is that good for the garden? No. It's supposed to take care of it. And what happens when you let that weed continue to grow? It gets bigger and bigger, and eventually it becomes very difficult to pull that weed out. Because the root has grown so much. So when you, in your life, when you see discord happening in your heart, contention, strife, pluck it out before it gets too big. Or the devil loves to say, hey, keep it in your heart. Keep it there. Let it grow and grow and grow and grow. Eventually, you quit not just church. You quit on God. You quit on the things of God. And that's how the devil takes people away. So tonight's message is a warning. I know it may not be the most encouraging thing, but it's a warning. And it's what God put on my heart for you tonight. Amen. So it's something that we should take note of. Something that we should acknowledge as a real threat. As a real problem that happens in the church. And I'm preaching this tonight not because there is discord. I'm not, I do not for one second think that our church has the sin of discord. Maybe there is, but at least I don't know it. <laughs> And so I, I think our church has great harmony. I think we have great unity. I think we're all striving together for the cause of Christ. But the, de but the devil wants to cause discord. It is going to happen. And so we should have a fence built up around to say that this will not happen. We as a church, we're going to stand together against this. And so tonight, just, just think about these thoughts and apply them to your heart and to your life. And that way we can keep it remembered. Let's go ahead and let's go to God in prayer. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this night, Lord, and thank you for the service that we had for the people who faithfully come. Lord, I thank you for the people that have been here all day. 
working, serving, ministering, Lord. And God, I pray that you would just bless them for it, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you would help them and bless them and their needs that they have. And God, I pray, Lord, that you help us not to develop the sin of discord, of strife, whether it be in the church or with our family or our friends, co-workers. God, I pray that you help us, Lord, that everything that we say and we do brings glory to you. We put you first in 